0: Welcome again, everybody, to another one of my uh, podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, um, hello. I am, del- every single time I say this, delighted. But I am delighted to have um the wonderful Devon Banks on to uh, today. Hello, Devon. How are you?
1: I'm great, thanks.
0: Good stuff. So Devon is with, um, I'm probably going to get this wrong, Devon, Huss uh, <laughs> Alert. And um, she describes herself on LinkedIn as, as her title on LinkedIn, I should say, is women in tech sales, 2X LinkedIn sales star. Um, She, her um, pronouns. So uh, I know Devon through Justin Michael's insane sales board uh, chats. And some of the conversations that we've been having offline um, within that group, I think are raising some some interesting debate, shall we say, in the world of sales, just more, more broadly. And we'll see where we go with that today. Uh, however, I wanted to get Devon on because uh, she has pivoted her career a, a number of times. I want to talk about how she's managed to get 2x LinkedIn sales star, because that is uh, that is awesome, and then to get her insights, uh, dare I say it, from women in tech sales. So as everyone listening, this kind of goes all over the place. Um, Devon, enough about me. Uh, introduce yourself. Who, what, why, when, where? <laughs>
1: All right. So I am Devin Banks. I'm based out of Toronto, Canada. I, uh, like I said, I work for a company called Host Alert. What we are trying to do is make the roads safer for everybody through uh, connected vehicles. Uh, I have been there since February 1st. I am the first official SDR at Host Alert. So it's very exciting. Uh, Growing tech company based out of Chicago. Uh, I actually come from you know, this is, like you said, my third career pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh, previous to this, I was working for Canada's largest chicken wing restaurant well, as, their, nice. <laughs> as their general manager of training and development, uh, which was an amazing job. I basically ate chicken wings oh, every day. I love chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I worked with an amazing team over there, um, building out uh, their training and development program for new and existing franchisees. And uh, before that, I was teaching English in Taiwan for nine years. And before that, I was worked my way through university um, in hospitality. so you know, started as a host and then server, uh, bartender, supervisor. So I've been uh, had a few, different, a few different careers. That's
0: a pretty, that's a pretty awesome career. Now, the, 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 if I reflect on my career 20 years ago, shame my age now in the world of recruitment, I know we were talking about this um, beforehand, I used to recruit sales professionals into the IT and tech sector um, in London and then the M- M4 corridor, Thames Valley, for those that know. And historically, if someone like you, your CV would have come through, male or female, kind of irrelevant, I'd have gone, yeah, that's not gonna fit the model of terms of <laughs> what a traditional um, salesperson, you know, back then BDRs, SDR didn't even exist as, uh, as a model. It was net new business or account management. But I think it's really interesting, I guess, from what's happened in the last 12 months. And even before this, you started to see people from, how can I put this, non-traditional background from a sales perspective, those that are listening, I'm doing inverted commerce. So how, how, how has that journey been for you? And how have you drawn on, um, dare I say it, some far more sophisticated experience than I could ever dream to have, firstly teaching English in, in Taiwan and then working for, you know, Canada's biggest chicken wing shop in certain um, uh, brand in terms of doing all that. So let's unpack that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, Like if we even go back further, I've always been um, someone who's been in like a customer service and sales role or adjacent. Um, My very, very first job when I was uh, 12 or 13 was washing hair at our local hair salon on Saturdays. So like washing, sweeping, uh, you know, uh, taking out curlers, things like that. And uh, again, that role was—and I hate this phrase—I think it's cliche—but you know, relationship building. Mm-hmm. Um, every week we had a lot of the same weekly, monthly, or every couple months, it was the same people coming in, and it was about creating an experience for them, you know, because again, there's thousands of hair salons that people can go to. Why come to this one? Mm-hmm. And you know, as we know, it's not just about price. Um, there's never so much. Price. So,
0: Unless your price yeah. is so far out, it is never about price. Oh, close second on price. <laughs>
1: Right, because I've gotten great haircuts, Um, you know, just last August, the last time I got a haircut um, was was like $26 and I loved it. And I've gotten, you know, $200 haircuts that I've, you know, came home and cried myself to sleep. So, um, you know, I learned really early the value of experience and of, you know, listening, talking um, and just creating a creating. That relationship with your clients where they are comfortable and happy to come back. So I took that, you know, hairdressing experience that went into my next job, which was a cashier at a gas station. You know, when you're in high school, you do what you can.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) But again, it's another job where you see a lot of the same faces. You know, even think of yourself, you probably go to the same petrol or gas station all of the time. Um, And, you know, before we didn't have pay at the pump. Mm-hmm. You had to go in. yeah. And so again, you're creating these things of these relationships. You can look at people's cards and see their names, you know, like, Oh, Hey, Mr. Lowe, you know, how was your week? Things like that. You're not getting, you're not making tips, but again, you're creating that experience. Yeah. And then that moves, of course, into hospitality. And this is where I think to go to continue the story, it ends mm-hmm. up into sales where, you know, every interaction is a chance to create an experience for your customer or your client. So Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's how it all ties together for me.
0: And the hospitality industry can be brutal because, you know, you go in there as a, as a, a client, so to speak, and you expect a certain kind of level of experience. And the challenge is, is that each each person probably has a different expectation of what that experience should be. And as a, you know, a, a waiter or a waitress or a busboy or, you know, of your front, uh, front office, whatever it is, you can't have to read the room and read the individual. Sometimes people take that to, to the extreme and they're just douchebags about, you know, about life. But you still have to, you know, manage that and, and deal with that. And in, in terms of my, my entire role in sales, even when I was starting out life from a cold calling perspective, and you've got that 30 seconds to kind of build rapport and relationship. If I look back at my most successful deals have been where actually... There is a relationship built over, over over time, but each one has been slightly nuanced and slightly slightly different. So, I know the answer to this question, but why move from the role that you were in now to something that is, you know, the first BDR within Haas Alert, which, you know, very very different, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what happened to me was that um, my time in the chicken wing chain ended, mm-hmm. and it was. You know, I was, I was looking at my career and my goals at that time. um, You know, I'm a single parent at that time. My daughter was, I believe uh, she was still two years old. Now she's four and I'm going like, okay, I need, you know, I know that I need something that's challenging and constantly I need that. I know that I need that. Um, So I'm like, where can I find a challenge? Where can I find something that's not stagnant? But where can I find a job and an opportunity where there is no ceiling for how much money I can make, where I can build a life for my daughter and I, where, you know, we can go on trips to Disney World if we want to, or we can go on trips to the Grand Canyon, or we can go camping, um, you know, where I don't have to worry about having the money to send her to university or even to, you know, doing just the extracurricular activities she wants to do now. Um, so I started looking into those industries and of course tech and, and banking were the two that that yeah. first, and I'm also in Toronto, right? So I'm in a huge tech and banking, you know, financial center of the world. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's where I settled on tech. And then, um, then it just kind sort of, <laughs> I did a... Yeah.
0: I think what's really refreshing is to hear you actually say that, I'm, um, you know, <clears throat> I'm not a single parent, but as a parent, you kind of, the, flips, the script flips somewhat in terms of what your purpose is in, in life. You become not providing for yourself, you're providing for someone else, and you will go to the ends of earth for, um, uh, for them. <clears throat> but also, you know, my, my entire career in sales has been driven by money. I've been very fortunate. I've been brought up to a lifestyle, which is very nice, courtesy of my... Uh, my late father and my my mother, in terms of what they did and achieved for me and my brother, so I want to be able to maintain those experiences. To your point, if I choose to, it doesn't necessarily mean I, I will to, but I do sometimes think that people are afraid to admit themselves. They're in it for the money, <laughs> and they're in it to, to make money, to you know, yeah. better themselves, but the better your loss, or provide something in terms of. Uh, in terms of what, what, in terms of what's what, so that's that's refreshing to hear, hear somebody ad, admit that. Thank you, because I'm cut from the um, uh, the same cloth. So, what did you what did you find was the 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 hardest kind of switch from you know the world that you were in terms of chicken wings through to um, moving into to tech sales? Because I just made this move into tech sales myself, having just joined a um uh, a SaaS company and already seeing the the differences, the nuances that that brings, brings with it. But, you know, I'd welcome your, your insight. And certainly that balance as a single parent, especially over the last 12 months of chaos we've had to endure.
1: (laughs) I think, um, so there's a few challenges. I mean, and of course the whole pandemic world brings these other challenges. However, working from home for me as a single parent has really been, you know, a, a blessing because I'm, it gives me back all of this time with my daughter that I didn't have before because I was commuting. Yeah. Um, and even we were just talking about this before. You know, I used to spend an hour getting ready in the morning. Yeah. And trying to balance getting her fed and dressed while I'm trying yeah. to do that, and now you know I can just really focus on being present with her. Um, you know, and also when she comes home. Yeah. Now to go into the things, there's I can't really work past five. You know, she comes in, and if I say, "Hey, V." you know do you mind if I make a few more calls and she says no
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know whatever the equipment is in Canada yeah Yeah, like
1: (laughs) there's no there's no uh you know sometimes I can say okay just let mommy make you know four or five more calls and um and I get it you know because we're apart all day so she and then she goes to bed at seven so that time between five and seven is kind of sacred Mm -hmm. um so that's been one of the 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 good things Mm -hmm. I think one of the bigger challenges of coming from that world to this world is, you know, when I was um, the general manager of training and development at Wild Wing, I was doing um, a lot of different things every day. I was doing a lot of writing, you know, doing in-person trainings, which I love. I really do miss that. Um, For me, you know, I'm the kind of person that they're like, oh, here's the stage. And I'm like, how do I get on there? (laughs) (laughs) there's 2000 people to talk to, like I'm in. So uh, that part was never a challenge for me. I loved doing that. I didn't miss that. I think for me, the biggest challenge coming into a role like a BDR, um, coming from a role like that is it's really tough to make cold calls all day. And it's not the picking up the phone and it's not the rejection. I mean, that stuff is hard. It's doing one thing over and over and over again, which I'm still, I'm still catching myself, you know, getting distracted and maybe not being as efficient as I want to be because I still, you know, like I said, I like the idea of doing lots of different things. And even though we do do that in a BDR role, you know, we need these intense focus of, you know, an hour call block or two hour call block, and then not just once a day, twice a day, and then five days a week. I do find that challenging, but um, again, talking to people and then having those great conversations is what makes my day. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword, (laughs) you know? because to do the things i love i gotta do and i don't want to say i hate because i actually don't hate cold calling at all but uh you know you have to balance it out so that's been challenging for
0: me and if there's any consolation you know 20 years ago when i was you know doing the cold calling in my recruitment days and we didn't have you know technology such as i don't know if you use you know you know jerry hills in our um uh, in our group you know connects and the cell or the equivalent kind of um uh kind of voice platforms to kind of help you on that it was literally just you know, smile and all. I used to have my shirts used to wear out on the elbow as you were doing <laughs> um, doing this, and it was it was tough. But then, with less distraction, we didn't have social media. We didn't have kind of you know, all the other things, the other kind of things that are that are going on at, uh, um, around there. So, with regards to kind of that, and you know, how have you found it? doing that in you know you talked about the positives of seeing more of your um uh, your your daughter i have the same i'm not flying around the world anymore like i um like i was although i do miss kind of <laughs> a bit of peace and quiet sitting in an airplane i'm not gonna, not gonna lie um how how was how have you found you know building a community either with either your other your other team or you know building that kind of to keep you going because that was the one thing that not the one thing but what i did enjoy was the sales floor and that you know, helped kind of motivate and kind of keep, you know, keep each other going. So how have you, you as a, as a business or found other communities to help kind of maintain that, um, that rhythm, if you will, or kind of pick me up when you're having a moment going, oh, I just can't do this anymore.
1: I mean, in my uh, previous role, I was on a team of BDRs. At one point, there were eight of us and a few of us would get together on a Zoom mm-hmm all mute each other and yeah, like using, we didn't, I used connect and sell uh, a little bit in that role, but we, you know, smiling and dialing. Well, one of us got someone on the phone, which didn't happen much in my previous role. It was like unmute, we could all listen, you know, be excited for each other. Uh, So that was one way we did it. But then, you know, of course too, when the the call is done, we would chat about it. And then sometimes that would turn into getting to know each other better, which Mm -hmm. was important. Yeah. And then, you know, in this role now, uh, I am the only BDR, but we do uh, have Slack. And, you know, we have some channels in our Slack that are fun, Mm -hmm. like random in general. We have a creature feature. We have a Gordon Ramsay channel for all of our uh, cooking. uh. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, my new role, some of these people have worked together for a long time. So there's a very and it's very small um, organization. So they they know each other well, but the culture is really nice. Like we had a a poker night the other day, uh, which was great. We were all playing together just for fun. And, um, you know, everybody came in with their glasses on and their hoodies on. Um, So building that, I found, has been, it's actually been, it's different. You know, um, when I was with Wild Wing, I worked really closely with, I was also a very small company and I really worked closely with two other people. And, you know, that was like, um, I had like my work husband, basically (laughs) my work wife, (laughs) the three of us were all together. Uh, And and I do miss that, but I I think that things, those things can be recreated. And, um, it's about just finding that balance of, I think you have to be more honest in this role. Like in an office, you know, you can sit there. People think that we're not as productive at home, but you know, there's definitely a lot of times in an office I was sitting there doing this and not doing anything
0: at all. A two minute chat around the water cooler becomes 15 minutes later if you just, you know, shooting the breeze. Oh. Probably to get back on the phone or do one of the to be, <laughs> to be doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas here, I think you just have to be honest. You know, like one day yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I, we have an AE channel in our Slack, mm-hmm. and I just messaged them, and I was like, "Help! Like I'm so <laughs> unproductive today." <laughs>
0: <It> <laughs> happens to you know, happens to all of us, especially just in this kind of sc- you know, screen time. Is you know, is is what's what? I, I'm I'm desperate to get back into some kind of face to face environment. You know, touch. Not in that sense, but you know, actually physically, you know, be in a room and build a relationship with people or even just out in a park or on the walk and talk meetings. We touched on this before we came, came on air. I mean, it sounds much grander than, than it is. But, you know, the pandemic has impacted a hell of a lot of people, especially in the hospitality industry around the world. You see it in the UK, it's been decimated. I'm sure it's the same in, you know, in Canada and, uh, and in the countries that you know, all countries have been really affected uh, by this. And you 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 feel that a lot of people are probably gonna, if not, are going to maybe have to follow your footsteps, if that's the right turn of phrase, that move from a hospitality gig into something completely different. So what would your advice be for them if they're kind of sitting there and listening to this going, what the I've just been made running or it's not looking good in terms of XYZ? What what the hell do I do with the skill set that I that I have? You know,
1: it's um It's very daunting, I think, because a lot of people who are in hospitality for a long time, you know, it's, they're really passionate about it. Um, Being, you know, I have friends who have been in hospital, it was their first job. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 years later, uh, they're doing it because they truly love it. So I think, you know, it's, it's a process because it's, and and they didn't have a chance to really um, grieve. You know, they went from having a successful job that they loved making money to nothing overnight. So I think, you know, it's been hard for, and I've seen people go through, you know, on social media, some of my friends on Facebook, you know, I saw the year of them posting and then going back to work and then getting locked down again, you know, I don't know if, uh, we are uh, today is uh, we're at the beginning of April. We're actually on another lockdown here. Mm-hmm. This is April 2021 now. <laughs> so we've been awful. on lockdown in Toronto for basically 13 months. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think my advice to them would be, you know, it, it exploring something new. It doesn't have to be permanent. It can mm-hmm. just be, you know, you don't have to give up being in hospitality. I think that you know, we have to look at those hospitality skills that we have and how they actually relate and are very relevant to tech sales. Um, one of my best friends, she's all, she's right now a manager here and I'm trying to help her make that transition. And I'm, you know, we're going through and I said, look at all these skills that you have, you know, you are an experience maker. You are so organized, you know, you, um, you can deal with multiple different personalities and you touched on that earlier mm-hmm. you know multiple different personalities and needs and wants all simultaneously and you know i wanted to touch on that point you said is not only is a in hospitality are you dealing with all these different personalities and these people with all these different expectations the same person can have different expectations every single time they come in and you would see that when we would have these regular customers you know come in with their friends to watch the game and then the next day or a couple of days later, come in with their wife and mm-hmm. their kids and then, you know, come in on a business lunch. So you you really have to also adjust and, and understand what people need and want in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really successful hospitality people can do that. So I think, you know, it's about telling your story and. One thing is, I think LinkedIn is a really powerful way for hospitality people to do that because they can use their own words to showcase and highlight their skills and say, hey, look at all these amazing things that I can do and that I've done, and look how they're parallel and relevant in tech sales. Um, So I think it's really just sitting down and and realizing that you have this incredible skill set that can make you super successful because hospitality people are already in sales.
0: Indeed. And I, what you know, the sales is, uh, it's, it's interesting you talking about the experience because I'm now starting to see this narrative come through around the overall experience economy. And as we come through the other side of this and whatever the other side um, looks like, the expectation is now at a certain level that whenever a, a customer or future customer touches a, a, an organization, whether it's tech sales, fintech, banking, doesn't really matter whether it's physical in this sense or back to actual physical in terms of meetings through to the website, through to the content you read, the organisations that start to figure this out and figure out what is the best overall end-to-end experience that we're providing and that when we actually engage with our customers or future customers that we are maintaining that level of experience those organizations will start to win and start to win big because every time they come back and talk, you know, Devon is setting the standard of what the experience should be of a receiving a cold call. So once they get to you know, know you, yes, I'm going to take Devon's call again versus somebody who's not creating the experience that Devon can, oh, that was really, I'm not. But again, it could be, you know, to your point of the different the coming in with on their own family, business, etc. within sales, every single day, everyone's dealing with different stuff especially if you're stuck at home and your children aren't doing what you want them to do in the morning or the, you know, bath time for us it's always just a fricking nightmare. So it's just always that time, of de- that time of night, it's just, please just once do what I want yeah. you to do. Um, it's, you know, sales is really hard. It is really, 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 um, uh, really, really hard. And in terms of, you know, t- sales is hard and I know we touched on this, uh, this earlier and, you know, Go as far as this with, with as much as you want to, but how have you found it as being a woman in sales? Because yes, women, there is the women kind of, the women-men thing in, in, in hospitality, from waitresses to waiters to busboys and, and, and so on, and we can go there if we want to, but I think we don't, we, we need to, but also you know, women in, in, in sales, and it was a very patriarchal um, environment, and I'm just seeing some interesting conversations just that are starting to, to bubble up and need to be had. And I'm, you know, the father of a son and a daughter. I'm married to a successful um, woman who is driving her career through a very matri- very patriarchal dominated environment. And that's as much just the nature of the generation has to retire to allow that pipeline of next talent to come, come through. But you know, as a 2x LinkedIn sales star, you're obviously doing something right, but let's just touch on this a little.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, if to, to it's, it's hard for me to talk about. And we mentioned this, uh, because I think that, well, first of all, there are so many, even within, if you want to talk about women, Mm -hmm. we have so many different experiences as women and so many different layers. And, um, you know, we have these, it's called, you know, intersectionality, which is where, you know, as a woman, and then if you're a black woman, that's a whole other experience. Mm -hmm. And if you have disabilities, or if you're a woman with disability, or, um, you know, all of these different things come together to create all these different experiences. So so first, I think that needs to be recognized that there isn't just like men in sales, and then women in sales, you know, there's all of these different layers. And, I think where we're going to start to see it is that the idea of this sort of, and and I think that's why the the title of your podcast is very interesting as death of a salesman. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're going to see is this death of the idea of what is a salesman and a salesperson, because as we start bringing in the diversity and the dimensionality, we're going to see that, you know, everyone talks about these skills that you need to be successful in scales. Well, is that really are those the skills that you need or that's just the skills that's been they've worked in this world that's been more one dimensional yeah. as we start moving in and we have, you know, um, all of these different roles and people moving into decision maker roles, mm-hmm. you know, how is that going to change how they would like to be sold to. Yeah. So it's like we really have to go down way back to basics and see. Are, are, are these even good sales skills or this is just yeah. kind of what's worked and what's been the status quo? Um, you know, I, I think the, the one example I can think of off the top of my head is this introvert versus extrovert, yeah. you know? And I think even till recently, people would say you have to be an extrovert to be successful in sales. But I don't think that's true at all. Right. And I have friends who are introverted, you know, it again, it's just another dimension to their personality. It doesn't mean they're good or bad at anything.
0: You've you've hit the net, you've you've you've, artic- you've articulated that really, really well. The skills bit I think is just general across sales full stop. I don't believe that the skill there are the requisite skills today to meet the buyer of tomorrow. And that's a big challenge for leadership full stop to to um to accept that. Also, um, I was tr- not trained, but I did a Myers, Myers-Briggs as one of the, you know, you're either an E or, or you're an I. And it wasn't to, this is for a law firm I worked at, and it wasn't to say you're better one or the other. It's lawyers typically are on the I rather than the, the E. There are some very, very successful lawyers who are very good salespeople, but they're, they're introverts. It was more for me to understand, I'm, I'm an ENTJ, that if you're dealing with somebody who's an I, you need to dial down the E <laughs> to reflect and not make that individual feel uncomfortable. Um, it wasn't this, oh, they're any less of a person. It's recognized that if you go in like, hey, jazz hands, I'm me, that's just gonna really <laughs> put them off because that's not how they, um, they operate. And you know, from, from your perspective, I think that's just such a, a nice way to articulate it because this, the skills bit is all encompassing. And I, I don't care what layer you are as in within you know women of colour, black women disability, or men, men of colour, disabled men and, and so on and so forth. You've either got the skills or you can improve the skills or you don't. There's the next challenge is around breaking that status quo. You know, my podcast, The Death of a Salesman is from Arthur C. Miller play way back when, yes. um, from a very, very different, um, different era. And I think even anybody knows the play, that in itself raises some very interesting questions about the sales profession back then as a um, as a business other than yourself are there any kind of leading voices out there that you're seeing that you know people should you know engage with and and, and talk and or at least listen and follow to see the conversation that's happening around this
1: yeah so um, that's I think that's a really important distinction is the listening part Um, a lot of people want to keep talking when in fact it is time to start listening and I think Um, one of the reasons that a lot of people um, don't really want to share or stop themselves from sharing is because when you share your experience then you have to defend it Mm -hmm. and you know um, you are simply sharing what's happened to you and then you get sort of victim blamed Mm -hmm. or people will say oh well you know, you're saying you did this, but look at you know. Um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name. The woman who's the CEO of Spanx. Oh, yeah. she was a single mom and she's a billionaire. Like you can do it too. It's not so simple, you know. No one ever would say. Um, and and again, like to a white man, if he's talking about some of his struggles, when someone say, like, "Well, Bill Gates did it. Why can't you?" But yet, you know, we put these kind of stereotypes yeah. onto other people all the time. So I think a lot of it is listening and. One thing that I do myself um, is when I start to feel that defensive feeling or that feeling of, you know, like, then that's a signal for me that I need to listen more. And I need to really explore this because there's something going on inside that defensiveness is is what um, keeps us in our place of status quo because we go, oh, no, 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 that's not right. Or that's just you. Or that's not how it was. You're actually, that didn't, that experience didn't happen to you when in fact that experience did happen to that person. You are in a place of privilege to even have them tell you that. So the next thing is just to, like you said, listen and who to follow. So there are some great voices. One thing that I do is um, I actually follow, uh, I use the follow a lot on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't connect too with a lot of these people because again, people on LinkedIn only get 50,000 connections, I believe. I don't know. 30. 30, Yeah, Yeah. they get 30,000. So, you know, if you're not going to contribute to their conversation, then, you know, you're just there to listen, you can follow and allow them to connect with, you know, make their network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Off of the top of my head, you know, other women that I really admire in sales, like uh, Gabrielle Blackwell, we Mm -hmm. we mentioned her name, she's someone. Uh, who posts great stuff. And what I do too, is like, I look at her posts and then um, I, I see who she's interacting with the, where the interesting conversations. And then I follow sort of like follow the breadcrumbs, right. Follow the people around them. Uh, another woman that I follow, um, she's a, a DEI educator here from Toronto and uh, her name is uh, Janelle Benjamin. Mm-hmm. She posts great stuff. And again, through conversations on her page, you can follow other people, Uh, And that's generally what I recommend doing is, those voices are there and um, they're really loud and it's your job just to to listen um, and listen with. um, And and if you do need to talk, I think one thing too that I just wanted to mention is that sliding into their DMs with your questions about what they're posting is not really okay. You're you're demanding like free labor from them. Mm And so, you know, if you have questions, first of all, there's Google, which is a great place to start because generally people have actually written free stuff for you to read. Um, But if you're, you know, read their books, read their articles, chances are if you have the question, they've answered it, especially if there's someone who this is their job. Mm -hmm. Um, So don't, you know, the last thing you should, the last, last, last possible thing you should be doing is seeing someone you think is interesting, sliding into their DMs and then asking them a bunch of questions about it. Don't do that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i mean don't do that full stop it's just yeah. you know, don't, just don't yeah. do that full stop and i think you know the, the, the listening key, the, the listening aspect is key and i really like your you know i'm going to reflect on that myself when you feel that not that i ever get necessarily defensive in terms of you know the, the stuff that I've, I've experienced but just to check yourself and also don't be a keyboard warrior that's the other challenge with social media sometimes you may think that what you are writing doesn't come across in a certain way because you're hearing the tonality in your head but in whether it's social media whether it's email whether it's whatsapp whether it's it's just read there in black and white and you're like that's that's not that's not come across maybe yeah, maybe you okay. didn't tend it maybe you didn't intend it and maybe you know i've started to you know uh, just talk to talk to women in in my life who i know and go okay i just want to listen to what you're experiencing i said my you know my wife sometimes she comes downstairs huge frustrations in terms of what she's experienced and it's not necessarily the people on the other end are trying to be create that experience it's just the nature of where we are in the world today and the listening bit and then reflecting on what can i do to make sure that this doesn't um doesn't happen and I said you know becoming the father of a daughter has not that it wasn't because my mother brought me up in a <laughs> very certain way so you know, in terms of, in terms of all, all of this but yeah it's 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 interesting the conversation needs to be um needs to be had so um I'll make sure I add um Gabrielle I know the other lady I'll make sure that I put her I will follow her and put her into the, the link for this uh for this podcast um to end with you Devon uh, what what can people do? If, you know, if people have talked about sliding to DMs, however, if there are people in listening to this, um, are they welcome to connect with you and learn a little bit more about your your journey, especially those in the hospitality industry that may be you know making that shift?
1: Yeah, I you know um, especially other fellow um, like people from hospitality, women in sales, um, you know maybe to end this off on what a great. Power LinkedIn is, and even networking, and how much helping other people can make a difference. Um, please connect with me. Um, please uh, check out my featured posts. If you are trying to break into sales, I have made a couple of posts in the past about things that you can do today for free to start your sales journey. Um, you know, uh, one of those things being like Salesforce Trailhead. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of things that you can do for free. Uh, starting today that you can start building your LinkedIn profile and sort of your credentials uh for you know so when they say like do you have experience with the CRM you could be like I'm a Salesforce Ranger (laughs) and I was a Ranger before I even worked uh using Salesforce because you know I had some free time last year (laughs) (laughs) but I think to end it off is yesterday you know um I my LinkedIn notifications are almost zero because I uh as you said it's so distracting yeah. but i get pinged when uh, i get tagged in a post so i get this ping and I thought, okay i got tagged in a post interesting and what happened is a woman who is in i want to say she, i met her in rev genius i had posted about the women in tech sales boot camp that i did Um, And I think someone recommended to her. I sent it to her. She's like, this isn't a great fit for me, but I know another woman who this would be a good fit for. She sent it to her and yesterday that woman started her first uh, day as as a, BDR. And I had heard about that bootcamp from my friend who she had heard about it from her friend. So you can actually trace it all back to how just, you know, sharing, encouraging, um, your, your, uh, your network with other opportunities. But, you know, I never would have heard about it if I didn't start sharing my story first, if I hadn't said on LinkedIn, Hey, I'm looking for tech roles. If you know something, you know, if you know someone that I should talk to like, please connect us. And that started this whole thing. So you never know what, like what's going to be the end point, but when you just start, you know, with the goal of helping people and of being helpful, then you, it's amazing like I was just so excited that this you know it's just posted BDR like that's it she started a new career now And, and it wasn't because of me at all but you know it was just this this um effect of everybody sharing and being open and uh helping each other so I think that please come and connect with me check out my featured posts um if you are looking for you know boot camps I have a lot of information about that and uh and also yeah like it's you you can slide into my DMs. <laughs>
0: right. Careful there! Mention this podcast to prove you've listened to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good one. About
0: sliding into your uh, your DMs if I yeah. maybe so uh, maybe so so bold. Um, Devin, thank you so much. I really appreciate your, uh, your taking the time of day to, to record this and um, bring this conversation to life that needs to be uh, continued. Uh, for everybody tuning in, as ever, thank you very much. If you want to be uh, on this podcast, you know what to do. If you want to recommend anybody to be on this podcast or this vlog, you know what to do. Otherwise, Devon, thank you. And
1: thank you. mouse is frozen. Stop recording.